This is the Diet of Brussels. What happens uh, when Theresa May finally gives her notification of Article 50? Ah, uh, hello. It's been a bit of a while. I've uh, taken a bit of a backseat on the uh, podcasting front, mainly because uh, I didn't think you needed to know that Brexit means Brexit or what colour it might be. However, as we're coming to the second act of this uh, huge project of uh, the UK leaving the EU, I thought it was useful to start picking up the pace a bit. And uh, in the coming uh, days, weeks, months, uh, I'm going to try and keep more of a uh, overview and uh, posting episodes about the process of uh, Article 50. Now, as you remember, Article 50 is the provision in uh, the treaty uh, on European Union that provides for the way that a member state leaves uh, the organisation. Now, this was something that wasn't particularly intended to be used. It was more to demonstrate good faith that uh, this wasn't an uh, uh, in-it-forever kind of proposition. Now, uh, with that in mind, of course, we end up using it, which means that there's quite a lot of confusion still about what this process actually entails. So in this short podcast, I want to just unpick a little bit the process, think a bit about the timeline, uh, and then in other episodes we'll come to uh, the myriad issues that arise from that seemingly simple process. Now where we are now is, uh, as I speak, one week out from uh, the formal notification process. Now everything that's happened up till now, the uh, the eight months of uh, whatever it was since uh, the referendum has been contained in the notion of the UK satisfying its constitutional uh, requirements for notification. Now uh, I'd love to tell you what those constitutional requirements are but even after court cases, parliamentary bills, uh, endless thought pieces, I'm still not entirely sure that we're clear what the UK's constitutional process might be. However, it's agreed that uh, the government now has the power to make its notification um, and on the 29th of March, uh, Theresa May will be submitting a letter to uh, the uh, European Council to uh, confirm the UK's intention to leave. Now at that point, that will be the trigger point for the process that then unfolds. Importantly, it's the point from which the two-year window is calculated. Now remember that this two-year window in Article 50 is uh, the period within which uh, the EU and the departing member states try to uh, agree uh, a deal or terms. And if they can't agree by the end of that two-year period, then the states will exit in any case. So the default option is, to be very clear on this, is no deal. And you've got two years basically to make a deal uh, happen. Now until the UK uh, finally reaches the end of that two-year period, it remains a member state. It still has its voting rights in normal business, its MEPs sit in the European Parliament. Uh, the only thing that changes is that on issues relating to this departure, the UK is no longer part of the uh, negotiations. So you've now got the UK and the EU27. Now from that uh, notification in March, the first thing that happens is, well, not much really. Uh, the Commission, 
uh, who will be the uh, point uh, organisation for the negotiation, uh, have said that within 48 hours they will submit to uh, the EU27 uh, Council the the ideas and the plans that they have uh, that will then uh, go and be considered by those uh, governments and on the 29th of April uh, which is a Saturday there will be a special uh, council of uh, the EU27 uh, which will uh, supposedly agree the protocol for uh, negotiation so they will set out what it is that uh, uh, they are intending to achieve in the negotiations and uh, a timeline that comes with that. Now they'll also be taking into uh, consideration uh, the position of the European Parliament because the European Parliament will have to agree to any final deal. Uh, Parliament's going to be an important actor in all of this because they would like to be part of the negotiations, whereas the member states, the 27, would like them simply to be a rubber stamping uh, body at the back end of the process when they, they can't really change anything. So how much the European Parliament pushes on this uh, is going to be an interesting one, and we'll see that really come through uh, after the 29th of March. Now, 29th of April is as I say, this point at which the European Council is supposed to give uh, a uh, set of guidelines about how this uh, process uh, will work. However, it comes uh, in between the two rounds of the French presidential election, so François Hollande is probably just uh, along for the scenery uh, in Brussels, uh, wherever that might be, and uh, how much he can actually contribute or how much he will be willing to contribute or indeed to block that process is completely unknown. It will depend, I think, very much on the results of that first round election. So potentially, uh, it might be that the 29th of April doesn't mark the start of the process uh, of actual negotiations because the French might have to hold... Uh, back in uh, what they can uh, agree to, that they, or they might have to have a special reserve uh, dependent on the uh, the outcome of the, the following weekend's uh, election of the, the top two candidates. However, at some point we would expect that by the end of April, at the beginning of May, you'll have some guidelines from the European Council to the Commission about what should happen. Now, uh, we'd expect then that in May, uh, June, we will uh, have uh, an agreement on the process between the UK and the 27, uh, and that there will be uh, a more specific negotiating uh, mandate that the Commission uh, sets out, which needs the approval of the Council. And this is uh, uh, a key point, that the Commission will represent the 27, but it will do so on a very short leash, that the Council will not want to let the Commission go off uh, willy-nilly. As much as possible, it will want it to do things that uh, are appropriate to uh, the Member States' uh, interests. The consequence is that it's probably only going to be at the end of the summer, uh, in the uh, early autumn, that you will get what you or I might consider to be actual negotiations, that uh, there will be a breakdown of topics uh, on different areas and you'll have parallel discussions starting uh, 
going through from uh, that time onwards. Of course, one of the delaying factors potentially in that process is that you might not be able to deal with some of the more sensitive issues until you've had the German elections, which happen in the autumn, and uh, you also need to have a German government to uh, make a decision now uh, on recent evidence that might take uh, well over a month. So it might not be until Christmas that you've got enough of the key players uh, in post uh, and able to articulate what uh, is and isn't going to be acceptable. So uh, just to remind you, we've gone from the end of March uh, through to pretty much the end of the year, which is basically about setting up a process. So it might be that we have nine, eight, nine months where we're, we're talking about things rather than actually doing them. Now that might be okay because you might think, well, it's all right, we've got until March 2019 because that's the two-year period. However, you also have got to factor in the back end of this, which is that we've got to start having ratification of the agreements. Now, if you assume that that's going to take somewhere in the region of six months because the European Parliament has to approve, the member states uh, have to approve, and if there's anything that goes beyond Article 50 in the very narrow sense, which looks very lightly, then you will have to have the uh, approval of all member states uh, by unanimity rather than the qualified majority. And there might well need to be ratification in national parliaments, sub-national parliaments, and if we remember the CETA agreement uh, last year, you can see how one sub-national parliament can hold up the process for several weeks. And you've, of course you've got to have the approval of the UK parliament, because Theresa May has said that there will be a vote on the deal uh, for uh, the Houses of Parliament um, before this is done. So by the 29th of March, I suppose the 28th of March uh, 2017, that'll be the 29th of March because why give yourself one day less than you might otherwise, by that point you've got to have had the agreement of all the parties to that process. So really it's got to be October of 2018, uh, so only about a year after the start of the serious negotiations that you've got to have come to an agreement. So one of the big challenges that's going to come up in the next weeks is how ambitious and comprehensive is Article 50 going to be? Are we just talking about a very narrow deal about resolving the liabilities, just setting up a framework for the future, or are you actually going to try and put in place a new relationship? And uh, the signals that are coming out from different European capitals are very mixed. Some of them say, well, we may as well, whilst we're here, carry on and do uh, a start of uh, this new comprehensive deal. Uh, and other people say, well, no, we've got to sort out the uh, housekeeping and then we can think about the future. And the UK government clearly has uh, an interest in uh, getting things moving as quickly as possible. So, uh, in terms of things to watch out for, the first thing is what does Theresa May actually say in her letter, assuming that she doesn't uh, just say, we're leaving and we're off. She's likely to say, here's what we're aiming for and these are the things that we would like to see happen. Now, uh, what that might be, I really don't know. My guess is that it might well be not much more than the somewhat uh, unhelpful contents of the white paper in her Lancaster House speech from earlier this year, in which case uh, we're not much the wiser. The second thing that will really matter, clearly, is what does the European Council uh, agree a month later in terms of guidelines of what they're willing to uh, push for and achieve. 
Once we have a sense of what the UK is asking for and what the EU27 is prepared to offer, uh, I think then we're much clearer about the whole process. But that's down the road. And as we know, the week, a week is a long time in politics. So let's uh, watch and learn what happens in the coming week. And I'll talk to you again soon.